1: Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on BuffaloRumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine podcast. including you can go to Alexa, your Alexa device, and ask Alexa to play the Buffalo Rumblings podcast. It'll bring up our fine family of podcasts here under the Buffalo Rumblings umbrella. My name is John Boccasino, being joined, of course, by my co-host Jamie D'Amico. And uh, Jamie, thanks for coming back. I'm glad we survived the psychotherapy that was the worst of the Bills players from the drought era
2: you know what um that ended up being more fun than I expected it to be so you know it's it's nice that we're going to focus on something a little bit more positive being the players that the bills have that are good players this week
1: <laughs> yeah you know it's definitely it was therapeutic for us to kind of get through and sit down and and, and get through this together about the worst of the the memories from the from the playoff drought. And now we're spinning ahead. We are looking forward to Buffalo's 2020 season. The virtual offseason is underway, uh, as we all have seen on social media, although there's way more pressing needs. I think it's a good distraction to have a little bit of football talk. Uh, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and a lot of the offense were down in Miami, Florida, uh, doing some practice sessions, uh, throwing together. It was the first time that Stefan has caught passes from Josh this offseason. I know Bills fans can't wait to see how that chemistry will translate to the field and you know, Jamie, that got me thinking. For the, which I know is a dangerous uh, topic, um, careful. But enough. for this week's podcast, I know don't want to think too hard; might uh, might hurt myself out here. But um, this this podcast, I thought it'd be really fun to talk about a couple of two key topics: the player the Bills can ill afford to lose to have success in twenty twenty. Outside of Josh Allen, we're taking Josh out of the equation because if Josh goes down, and Matt Barkley or Jake Fromm are quarterbacking this team, expectations are are totally different. Uh, for Buffalo. So if you exclude Josh Allen, who is the most indispensable player on this team? And and the reason I thought about this topic, Jamie, was, you know, we, we talk about luck in the NFL and, you know, the Bills were a good team last year. They had a great defense, but they were also remarkably healthy and they've been remarkably healthy for the past couple of years. So you look at the season schedule that comes out and people are projecting anywhere from 10 to 12 wins for this team. That's under the umbrella of if everything goes right and everyone stays healthy. So I started thinking, hmm, who would be the most indispensable player on this team? Again, that the team can ill afford to lose uh, for their chances of being successful in 2020. So let's start off the podcast with that. Uh, what comes to your mind, Jamie, when it comes to indispensable players and who the Bills can ill afford to lose?
2: I would have to think that you you have to start with the best, most talented player on the Buffalo Bills roster. He was an all-pro this past season. I cannot see them performing well if they were to lose Tredavious White. This is a guy who not only is one of the two best corners in the NFL, but there's really nothing but question marks beyond that position on Buffalo's roster. You've got Levi Wallace, who I'm gonna I'm going to think is probably a little bit more of a fringe starter. He's probably better served as depth, and I think that you can you can see that that's what Brandon Bean is thinking in regard to Levi Wallace because. Well, he's brought in competition. He's brought in EJ Gaines. He's brought in Josh Norman, a former All-Pro himself, who's really been a shell of his former self. So, okay, Levi Wallace has survived the past couple of years as a starter, but what do they have that's reliable beyond that? I know people are expecting Josh Norman to get back to his old ways playing in Sean McDermott's system again. But let's take a look at what he did over the past couple of years. Um, his, his completion percentage against has been over 66. So that's not good. And last season, it was actually over 67. But here's the thing that really gets to me. The quarterback rating against against Josh Norman was 129. To put that into perspective... Last year, Drew Brees was 116. So if you are throwing against Josh Norman, you are 10% better than Drew Brees, no matter what your name is. I'm afraid of them losing Trey this year.
1: that is a pretty terrifying stat out there. And, you know, I know that we've made a lot about Josh Norman, not being in the proper fit and the proper schemes in Washington before he came over to Buffalo. And and the hope is that McDermott and Leslie Frazier will get him into a place where he's more comfortable. We can also sit back and do more zone coverage uh, versus the man to man, which is definitely not his strength when it comes to his cover game. And, you know, look, we all love us some Tredavious white. Um, I do think, I do think the Bills have have some built-in depth around White. Uh, I'm still on the Levi Wallace bandwagon. I know he struggled last year in the middle of the season. I think he rebounded quite nicely to close out the season, so I want to give him the benefit of the doubt that we can find something closer to the norm between his breakout 2018 season and his up-and-down 2019 season. But Trey White is not a bad place at all to start for the most indispensable members of the Buffalo Bills. I think that underrated signing of EJ Gaines. Again, if EJ Gaines could stay healthy in the ideal world, he would be an awesome asset for this defense. We saw it in 2017 when he was able to bring to the table uh, for these Buffalo Bills. Oh, my gosh. That was one of the best seasons in in recent memory uh, by a non-Stefan Gilmore Biff, Buffalo Bills quarterback. Uh, Gaines proved himself to be quite adept uh, on this defense. And I think that was, again, an underrated signing you know, by the Bills. And if Trey White goes down, the defense is going to hurt. But if he goes down, I don't think the season is lost. I don't think this team is going to suffer into the six-win category um, that they could um, if they were to lose, like, say, a Josh Allen. So, And I know we're, we're not mentioning Josh right. Allen as our, as our guy, but I want to put this as the frame of reference. Who is the most indispensable member of this team? And I think the Bills, honestly, Jamie – they have enough around this talented defense. Where if for some reason Trey White does go down with an injury that forces him to miss a significant period of time, I think they're still going to be okay. That might be blasphemous to say. Well, well
2: good. You, you're ta- you're taking me off my ledge a little bit.
1: Well, here and here's why the Bills. I think if if Trey White goes down, look, it would suck. It would be a terrible loss for this defense. But Taron Johnson, I think, could step into more of an active role. I think Levi Wallace, I would be afraid of him being the number one, but maybe they could do some things to mask their coverages to switch up some of their, their secondary looks so it's not always Levi going up against a DeAndre Hopkins or you know your top flight wide receivers out there. You know, He wouldn't have to bear the burden himself. I think with the pass rush abilities and I think with the strength at linebacker, there's things that Leslie Frazier could do to get creative enough – where it wouldn't go from being a 10 to 11 win projection down to a five or six win projection. For me, Jamie, if something happens to this player for the Buffalo Bills, uh, there's two I was thinking of first and foremost, and I'll give you both, and I'll give you my rationale behind them. The two in my mind that are the most indispensable for these Buffalo Bills, it's Stephon Diggs and it's Deion Dawkins. I'm looking at the offense where I feel like it's not as talented as, as their defensive counterparts. Now I'm stoked to see Stefan Diggs in practice and on the field with the Buffalo bills. I'm stoked to see him and Josh Allen get that connection going. I love his catch abilities, his ability to go jump up and get the ball at its highest point. He's got a great catch percentage and he doesn't drop the ball. And that's something that Buffalo needs out of their wide receivers. And I think that we are so excited to see Josh Allen with Cole Beasley, with John Brown, and with Stefan Diggs, that the Bills might have the best wide receiver core in the AFC. That's why if they lose Diggs, I think Buffalo could again still weather the storm because they had decent to great production last year out of the wide receivers, and Dawson Knox could still continue to take his step forward as a tight end, and you've got Devin Singletary and Zach Moss in the backfield. So that's why I didn't go with Diggs, even though his loss was would be tremendous. I didn't quite go with Diggs as my player, and I went with Deion Dawkins. Before I get to my rationale for Dawkins, what are your thoughts on Diggs and if he were to go down, how the offense would fare?
2: I think that this past season the Bills' offense was decent. And adding Stefan Diggs is it's a little bit of an unknown right now. We expect the offense to take a, a big step forward with him, a true number one receiver. But I feel like John Brown, Cole Beasley, and uh, another year under his belt from Dawson Knox, we're not going to see the we're not going to see the offense, the passing offense, go from 100 miles per hour down to 15 miles per hour. I think that I I think that he's going to be an important player, but I think that you're really onto something with Deion Dawkins. I I think that he is just. Due to the depth and the talent that he possesses and
1: the leadership that he brings, I I think that that would be pretty devastating to the team. And folks, the reason we're talking about this topic is the NFL is a violent sport and injuries happen all the time. Injuries happen on non-contact plays to players where these are great athletes and they just happen to suffer injuries. And the Bills have been so remarkably healthy over the last two years that I got started thinking, what would happen if one of the marquee names goes down? And the reason I selected Dion Dawkins over Stefan Diggs and a host of other players out there is while Diggs is a game breaker, somebody who is incredibly talented and makes this receiving room so much more talented, the depth on the offensive line, I'm starting to come around, Jamie, a little bit to your school of thought where the O-line is average, uh, has a lot of depth, it has a lot of players who can plug and play, But there is no one on this offensive line outside of Mitch Morris at center, and there's certainly no left tackles on this offensive line roster who can replicate what Deion Dawkins brings to this team. I know he took a major step back in uh, 2018 after a pretty solid rookie season, but in 2019, he was, I think, the best offensive lineman that the Buffalo Bills had. And to lose someone of his caliber, especially protecting Josh Allen's blind side, I'll put a very scary picture out there for you, Jamie. If anything were to happen to Deion Dawkins, if Deion Dawkins were to go down, you're left with 35-year-old Ty Shecky stepping in to be the full-time starter at the left tackle. And while Enshecky is good, he's also getting up there in age, and he's had injuries himself, so you have to worry about his health and well-being long-term. And if in Shecky goes down, you're talking about Daryl Williams or possibly Ryan Bates starting on that left side, or even the undrafted uh, rookie free agent Trey Adams, who while he oozes potential has been an injury machine himself. So that should terrify Bills fans, losing Deion Dawkins and having that motley crew have to step in and replicate his productivity on the left tackle spot. It just it keeps me up at night thinking about if Deion Dawkins goes down, how bad the season could go in a heartbeat for the offensive line and the offense's production.
2: I, I absolutely agree, and I'm not even sure that Daryl Williams can play tackle anymore with all the uh, lower leg injuries that he's had. Um, you know, he may be looking at moving to guard just like Cody Ford. So, you know, what happens if they decide Cody Ford is a guard and inseki starts at right tackle? Okay, maybe he switches over to left tackle, but now you've got at a huge hole on the right side. So I, yeah, it it, it would be bad. We don't, we definitely don't have any uh any developmental prospects right now who you say, hey, you know what? They'll they'll be in good hands if this guy has to play because he's gonna end up being a starter in the future anyway. So yeah, that that scares the the bejesus out of me. Um as does if the Bills were to lose any of the two main starting linebackers, that being Matt Milano and Trey White, because once again there's not a lot of proven depth there you've got Corey thompson uh he's gotten some reps out there, but outside of him, you've got uh Matejkovic, and he's really not well he's he's a special teamer he's not a defensive player, and you've got a j klein who really is not a guy who can drop into coverage and is as dynamic as matt milano and and Edmonds are those those guys are very smooth moving fluid linebackers that get sideline to sideline and the Bills just have not shown that they have that sitting behind them right now. I that that's actually a position and we've talked about it previously backup linebacker being a very sneaky need for this team. I'm thankful that we have out on the field we are looking at players that are solid and good and you You worry about losing them as opposed to during the drought era, like we were talking about, where if they lost the starter, it didn't really matter because they weren't that good anyway.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, the the tables have turned quite a bit from the uh, Tom Donahoe and and Doug Whaley run regimes to what Brandon Bean has put together. And I will say this about the linebacker spot. I've, I've heard a bunch of fans recently on social media, which I know is a dangerous place to go for for opinions, but the topic has come up about contract extensions, and I think Deion Dawkins should be locked up ASAP, and I think Matt Milano should be locked up too. I've heard people say that he's more of a quote unquote system linebacker, and if he were in a different team, he would not be performing nearly as well as he will be uh, with his Buffalo Bills tenure. I think Matt Milano. If anything happens to Tremaine Edmonds and you have to see Matt Milano being the guy on the linebacking core, I think fans would realize just how special this kid is, this fifth-round pick out of Boston College. I love Matt Milano. I want to find a way to lock both him and Deion Dawkins up to contract extensions before getting Trey White, who signed his fifth-year option, to a long-term deal as well. So linebacker is a sneaky, sneaky need. Um, you know, there's, and, and this is actually a, a pretty good segue, Jamie, into our second part of the podcast. But before we switch up to our second part, any other thoughts you wanted to talk about regarding indispensable bills? Because I think we've kind of covered most of the main names that I had, Diggs and Deion Dawkins, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, Tradavius White. And I'll throw out there the two safeties, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. I feel like they, that's
2: what I was thinking too. They
1: are, again, they're so dang underrated when it comes to how they're viewed amongst their uh, the, the national media and people around the league. But if you follow Bills games and you watch these Bills teams, you know just how great Poyer and Hyde are. And if anything happens to them, one of them, I mean, I think one going down, the Bills defense would, would, that would hurt even more, I feel like, than Trey White going down just because of the fact of what else the Bills have at safety. And the safety well is uh, is not as deep as it should be, given the fact that you're talking about Saran Neal, Dean Marlowe, and uh, Jaquan Johnson filling in any reps if anything happens to Hyde or Poyer. Jaquan
2: Johnson, maybe he has some potential there, but that's just it. We don't know. Um, we saw him at the end of the season. I'm not comfortable with the backups. I but then again, you know, I is any team really comfortable with their backups across the board? I don't think they are, but you know, that's why you pray that
1: the Bills stay healthy as they have the past couple of years. It's a major luxury to have the depth that Buffalo has. All along this roster. And again, we are talking about the Bills dealing with a lot of positions of strength. If they were to happen to lose somebody, let's hope that their strength and conditioning problems uh, from the past are still gone and that the team stays healthy and stays on the field because there's so much talent up and down the 53-man roster.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge? That takes a team.
1: Now, Jamie, this is a great segue into the second half of our podcast. We want to talk about developmental prospects that could make a big impact this year and moving forward. And we talk about competition, and there is some competition uh, between both the seven-member rookie draft class, the eight undrafted rookie free agents. But it's going to be an uphill battle for a lot of players to make the Bills roster this year. So when we're looking at these quote-unquote developmental prospects, I view them as sixth or seventh or undrafted rookie free agents or two- or three-year guys who have been in the league not that long who could make a big impact and and contribute to this roster. And I got to say we've talked about a couple – we've talked about one the guy who I'm actually going to go with as being my uh, my biggest developmental prospect to make an impact on this roster. And I'll I'll put the cat out of the bag. I think my guy is Jaquan Johnson. I feel like
2: mm-hmm. he
1: has an opportunity to contribute to this team, not only on special teams where he has proven to be a cannonball guy. When he, he you watch him on some of the coverage uh, schemes out there, he looks like he shot out of a cannon, uh, and he's aggressive and he has a nose for the ball, and he's pretty solid when it comes to his special teams abilities. I think the reason he's my developmental prospect to click is because of the fact that there is, again, an opportunity at safety. Dean Marlowe has been a practice squad guy at best in his time in Buffalo. Saran Neal had a great game against the Texans in the playoffs. I'm not quite sure what they have with Neal and, and what his abilities are going to be besides a good blitzing safety who is decent in coverage. If you talk about safeties who can step up and contribute alongside Hyde and Poyer, my money is on Jaquan Johnson because. He has playmaking abilities. He is good in the run defense. He has some good gap discipline that he displayed in a couple of games during the preseason. He had a great interception in week 17 against the New York Jets when he was man for man with his guy and made a great play on the ball to come up with the pick. And he acquitted himself very well playing against pros for the very first time in a game that really counted as a starter. So for me, If you're talking about a developmental prospect that Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott can groom into eventually being a big contributor to the team, I'm going Jaquan Johnson.
2: I think that's a great selection, and I probably would have gone with that myself because if you take a look at how the Bills are constructing the roster for the future, they've signed Jordan Poyer to an extension. They have not signed the other safety there. I'm not even going to use his name, Micah Hyde because I think we have to get used to the fact that he may not be on the roster in the future because Jaquan Johnson just might have what it takes to to take over that free safety position. The knock on him coming out of college is that he wasn't the most athletic safety out there, but what he showed, even in the NFL and especially in college, is that he has incredible instincts he gets to where the ball is going he takes good angles now he didn't get on the field an awful lot on on the defensive side but they didn't need him to because Hyde and Poyer were they were healthy all season and were playing at a very high level so excellent selection there I'm going to go with somebody who you mentioned, and I think that this has a lot to do with him showing that maybe he's got a little more on the ball than we thought before last season began. I'm looking at Saran Neal. When he showed against the Jets in the season finale that he had the ability to play boundary corner, a position he wasn't really expected to play at any point, I thought, huh, maybe this guy has the ability to be a, a slightly better player than the, the backup depth player that that we thought. So, you know, Buffalo did not bring anybody in during this off season to play their big nickel position. And he might be a little bit undersized for that, you know, being listed at six feet and 206 pounds. That may not be exactly the, the safety linebacker tweener that That Sean McDermott is looking for, but he has a chance to get on the field more often than he did in the past couple of seasons with the Bills, and I would really like to see him take a big step forward in his third season because it seems like there's some untapped potential, and now it's on him to uh, show what he can do.
1: It's fascinating, Jamie, that we both went for the safety position with our developmental prospects, and I look, I do like Neil. I just feel like I like Johnson a little bit better as far as you know Ooh, what sure. he brings to the table and his instincts. But I the do fact too. that Saron Siran Neal, there's nothing wrong with getting a guy who can be that, you know, safety, who is decent in coverage and can get after the quarterback as a, a deployed blitzer, uh, especially when you're looking for creative ways to generate pass rush. I think Saran Neal, you know, can really be that kind of versatile weapon for the bills at safety. And again, with Kirk Coleman gone and Dean Marlowe being nothing more than just a a depth cog, you know, there's really an opportunity at the, at the safety position. So I'm glad to hear we're both kind of on the same train of thought with that. I am going to share in full disclosure. I had two other prospects I wanted to address real quick, as far as developmental wise, who could contribute. One of them I think is going to be a numbers casualty. I don't think he's going to get a chance to make the team because there's just so much more talent and, uh, and and depth that they've committed to at this position. It's Daryl Johnson, our favorite seventh round draft pick from last year, who showed tremendous uh, flash and potential in the preseason. Um, really, you know, he had two sacks. He had three quarterback hurries and pressures during the preseason. He brought down Marcus Mariota during the regular season for his first regular season sack. And he had a field goal block uh, in that game as well when the bills won in Tennessee, but he just looked so outmatched the rest of the season, and it really seemed like his his lack of good technique really came back to hurt to hurt him and stunt his growth on the defensive line. So, and he's also looking at being the tenth or eleventh man on the D line. I just don't think uh, he is able, Daryl Johnson, to stick with this team this year. Maybe they can stick him on a practice squad. I don't know though. His, his, his physical abilities might be too enticing for another team to bypass and they might snatch him up if Buffalo cuts him.
2: Yeah. He would be a tough one to slip through. And if I'm throwing out one more, I would say Voshan Joseph, a guy who because of injury missed all of last season, which would have been his rookie year, uh, him coming out of Florida state. The, the word on him was that he's a supreme athlete, but his instincts aren't quite there. So let's see where the coaching can take him. If nothing else, he could be a demon on special teams with the, uh, with the speed and size that he has. But it's possible that they're going to be able to find a role for him on the defense, and he could show something. I'll be excited to see what he does in the preseason.
1: You know, Jamie, I actually, Voshan was my number three developmental prospect to make the biggest impact. And I went so far as to feel that Voshan Joseph is going to be an impact linebacker on this Buffalo Bills squad. I think he has more talent than AJ Klein and Tyler Madikiewicz when it comes to actually being a linebacker. His special team skills aren't bad either. I think he could definitely contribute on special teams. But if you look at the speed and the instincts that Voshan Joseph brings to the table versus A.J. Klein and Madikiewicz, I'll take Voshan Joseph on the upside and the potential all day long over a special team stud in Matakavich and a solely run defense-based linebacker in A.J. Klein. So I think Voshan Joseph, the opportunity is right there for him to be a top special teamer, and the fifth or fourth linebacker on this team. So it's funny, too, that we all chose players on defense for our developmental prospects because there really aren't that many on offense that you can think about, especially with some of the veterans that have been brought in.
2: It's interesting because if you look at the Bills roster, they're a team on the rise, but they really like their veterans. So the offensive side of the ball, you just don't have many young guys with the exception of uh, the running backs and a couple of the receivers that were drafted this year. It's a very veteran team.
1: And that's why with you mentioned the rookies, that's why we didn't consider a guy like Isaiah Hodges could count as a wide receiver because he was a sixth round draft pick, but we were trying to focus on sixth and seventh rounders for our developmental prospects out there. And of course, we would love to get feedback from the fans of the Believe Podcast. Make sure we had great interaction with our best and worst of the drought drafts on buffalorumblings.com and on social media.
2: People had feelings, didn't they?
1: You know, I got to give it up, Jamie. These these topics really were, it was fun to have people give their opinions on what they thought about our selections. I love the guys who would go through and do like the leftover draft of who we didn't pick and kind of having some, you know, Cornell green being mentioned as a terrible offensive lineman brought back. I loved that Cornell green was brought up. (laughs) That was a great name drop out there for sure of being a very, you know, uh, inept member of the Buffalo bills from the past, but uh, we want more interaction. So if you're hearing this podcast and you want to share your thoughts on which developmental prospects you feel could take a next step forward for the Buffalo Bills, or who is the most indispensable member of this team, feel free to chime in to us on social media. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Boccasino on Twitter. You can also comment on this story on buffalorumblings.com. Jamie, you brought it today. Good uh, good preparation, and uh, it was a fun conversation for us to have here.
2: Oh, shucks. You're too good to me. Making
1: you blush on the pod, I can tell. It was definitely uh, <laughs> yeah. tra- trying to drop some good knowledge <laughs> on our Bills fans out there. Again,
2: great topic, though, man. Good job.
1: Hey, you know, we the off seasons are tough. There's only so much we can do projecting the 53-man rosters. And we have plenty of time for the roster battles to watch out for and you know, which veterans could get traded away or cut. And this was kind of fun to get sit around and talk about some really cool topics, like again, the developmental prospects and indispensable bills players. We hope you've enjoyed it here on the latest episode of believe a Buffalo bills fan podcast for my colleague, Jamie D'Amico. I'm John Boccasino. We'll talk to you guys next week on believe.